You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I'll praise the Lord. It's great to be in the house of the Lord again today. I'm going to do, uh, during this summer, I'm going to do a few of the parables of Jesus. And uh, we're going to start off with Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15. And I'm going to read, first of all, the first 10 verses. One day, Jesus told a story. This is from the New uh, Living Translation. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. And as he scattered it across his field, some fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't really understand. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will make your word real to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So throughout this summer, we're going to focus on, on the parables of Jesus and the, the root meaning, root meaning of, a, of a parable means to place alongside or side by side for the sake of comparison. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning or it's a physical illustration of a spiritual concept. The majority of the parables of Jesus come from the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They they contain more than one-third of the recorded teachings of Jesus. So it is very necessary that we look at the parables and see what Jesus has to say to us today. Of course, when he was speaking the parables, he was speaking primarily to the Jewish people, to the nation of Israel. But it is very applicable to the church, to the children of God. 
We could easily spend a whole year preaching from the parables alone. And uh, we'll continue as the Lord leads, and we'll see how far it goes. Uh, each parable, of course, stands alone. So uh, we don't have to, uh, I can interject, Mark will be preaching on some Sundays. Uh, we'll have other uh, people in uh, from time to time uh, preaching, and the Lord may lay something on my heart to preach on certain Sundays as well. Um, by the way, uh, we're going to be having um, David Ritz is going to be here on the, on the last Sunday of the month here, and uh, he's doing a tremendous work down in, in, uh, in Quebec and uh, in Montreal. He's stationed in Montreal, and uh, he's a young man from our church. He was part of the youth here, and... and uh, and uh, the Lord has, is using him. He went to Bible college and, and got his education and, in theology and counseling and all these things. And he's working down there right now. And so he's going to be back home for a visit. And we're going to uh, have him, as not the next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Amen? Amen. We're going to have Mark preaching next Sunday. We always look forward to Mark preaching. Amen? Praise the Lord. At this point of his ministry, Jesus was using parables as a form of public teaching because the people had hardened their hearts against them. They just wouldn't listen. And so when Jesus told a parable, it sort of pricked up their ears. And of course, when he was finished with the parable, he had, he had said some words that really sunk hold, hold to them, and, and uh, they didn't like it too well, but that was God's way of, of, of getting a message across to them. They still didn't understand it. They would not receive his message because they were filled with prejudice and spiritual blindness and unbelief. And that still reigns rampant in the world today. Spiritual blindness, unbelief, prejudice. Probably the most prejudice we find is in our churches, right? I wouldn't doubt, but there are some people that think because they go to Cool Lake Community Church, they're going to go to heaven. So they won't go to the Baptist, afraid they wouldn't. We need to look at the family of God as the family of God. Amen? And so let's look, first of all, at the sower, the farmer. In this parable, the farmer is Jesus, or the sower. Other, other uh, versions call it the sower is Jesus. And ultimately, that's you and I as well, because the ministry of Jesus has been extended to us. That's the way he gets his message across today. More effectively, rather, than when he was on earth in the flesh. Because all over the world this morning, there are people preaching the word of God. 
and teaching the word of God. And so the seed is being scattered. In reality, his purpose reflected the condition of the hearts of the people. And we who make up the church are an extension of this ministry of Jesus. And we have been commissioned to continue his work. You realize that when, when Jesus was just about ready to be taken up into heaven, in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 20, we have a record of the commission that he gave his disciples, and ultimately for his church. He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Who will these signs follow? Those who believe. Are you a believer? If you're a believer, these signs can follow you. Isn't that great? In this is what you will do. These are the kind of signs that will follow you. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Now, when the Bible talks about taking up serpents, I don't believe that that means you just say, oh, there's a serpent there, there's a rattler, I think I'll pick him up, because the Bible says he will not hurt me. The devil told Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple, because it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in his hands, he'll keep you up. they'll keep you up so you won't dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Amen? Amen. I believe that this has something to do with people trying to wipe you out because you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the favorite things to do if you want to do away with somebody back in those days was to put a, a poisonous snake in your, in your bedroll. And so, again, if you drink any, any, uh, any poisonous thing, it will not hurt you. You see, any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. Another way was to poison your drink. And kill you that way. But what Jesus is saying, I'm commissioning you to go and preach the gospel. And whatever the enemy brings at you, you will not be taken out until such time as you have completed the job that I have called you to do. There are, the ways of God are not our ways. So we you, you know, you can't look at, you look at, the, at, the, at the, the early Christians, the disciples. Just about every one of them lost their life. Almost all of them lost their life for the gospel. 
but not until the work that God had planned that they would do was done. And the most beautiful thing that can happen to me and to you is to go into the presence of God when our work is done. It is a terrible thing to go into his presence having not fulfilled what he placed you on this earth to fulfill. That's a rabbit trail. How can we forget his encouraging exhortation concerning the continue, our continuation of his ministry, but in the power of the Holy Spirit after he would return to his Father? In John chapter 14, verse 12, he said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. If you re read all of that, what he's referring to there, he was saying, when I go, if I don't go to the Father, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come. And if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, if you do not receive this infilling, this power that I am giving you in order to do this great commission, you won't be able to do it effectively. He now proceeds to explain the parable of the sower. In Luke chapter 8, carrying on from verses 11 to 15. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. Everybody say hear. hear. Those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. There are people who hear the gospel message, either through the preaching of the word, or somebody sharing their faith with them over a coffee in Tim Hortons, or, or in the lunchroom at work, and they, they receive it, but it's just don't get through. They listen, but they, they, but they don't listen. They don't really heed it. He says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while then they fall away when they face temptation. I've been in that boat many times. It took me from the age of nine up until I was 20, about 23 years of age before I really got a hold of the truth, really began to, to hear and to heed what God was saying. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, 
And so they never grow into maturity. That's happening all the time. You may be here this morning, and you can say, that's me. That's, that's what I find myself in. I never, I've never really gotten mature in my Christian walk. And then he says, and the seeds, verse 15, the seed that fell on good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear, say the word again, hear, God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Jesus said there are two reasons that, we, that he would teach in parables. To reveal truth to those who accepted him and to conceal truth from those who have rejected him. This principle still applies to us today. If we respond positively to what God has revealed to us, then he will give us more. Now, don't, don't start thinking about what you've got to do after, after service today or, or Monday. Listen to what I'm saying now, because this is very important. If we reject what he has revealed to us, we need not to expect more revelation. Why would God give you more revelation if you're not actually working on what God has already revealed to you? If you fail to step into the light shone before you, there's no more light offered. But the more you dig into the word of God, the more you seek God and, and seek his face, pray and read his word and fellowship with people of like faith, the more God will reveal to you. The more hungry you are for God, the more he will reveal to you. He will quench your thirst. He will quench your hunger. He desires for you to have more and more of his presence, of his bountiful supply. If you obey the truth, God will reveal more truth. And folks, there's no shortcuts with God. We always want shortcuts. We have a question. Pastor, what does this mean? Where can I find this in the Bible? Folks, somehow it doesn't really help. If I find all the scriptures for you, If you want help from God, you need to get it from God, not from Hayward. I can encourage you. I can help to create a hunger and a thirst for righteousness in your heart as the Holy Spirit gives me the words to say. But there's nothing, nothing that takes place of the word of God, you opening it up and reading it for yourself, or taking out your phone and reading it from one of the apps. The word of God is precious. 
If you had a choice, if Jesus could stand here in the flesh today and you had a choice of speaking to Jesus or speaking to me, who would you choose? I bet you'd be flocking around Jesus. Right? When God reveals a truth to us, it's not for us to consider, but to obey. Jesus came to his own in Israel. They rejected him, so, so now he goes to the individuals and, and uses parables to conceal the truth from those who don't want to believe and to reveal truth to those who are seeking more truth. And that's the way it always is. You can come to church for 50 years. Never open your Bible. Never pray only when you're in deep trouble. And never open up your heart in worship and praise to God. And there's not going to be much change in you for a whole 50 years. And you can see young people, young Christians, regardless of what age, they ask Christ to come into their heart, and they're radically changed for Jesus. And they go wild for him. Until one day they look around and say, hey, what's wrong with everyone else or what's wrong with me? Why isn't everybody happy like I am? And sad to say, a lot of times in the past, we have fit into the mold of the church, of the organized church. And suppressed the joy, that well that Jesus said will be in you, bubbling over, overflowing. And we've suppressed that rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to just flow out of us. When we're first born again, we're concerned about souls. We want somebody else to know what we have found. The more and more we fit into that mold, we can go to Tim Hortons or McDonald's or wherever, and we're not concerned about who's sitting next to us. Go to Kentucky Fried and chomping on that drumstick. There's a man or a woman headed for hell. Somebody, if you just look into their eyes, you can see that they're hurting. And under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I can do something about it. I can be a, a message of hope for them. But we learn to switch it off and switch it on. The place where we need to have it switched on the most 
we don't do it. The seed is the gospel message, the word of God, taught and preached with signs following. We know there is no problem with the sower, Jesus. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He is sinless. But guess what? He became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So he has commissioned us to spread that seed. We too are sowers. We too represent the farmer. We're representing Jesus. And he has placed so much trust and confidence in you and I. That he said, I will give you the comforter. And when he has come, he will teach you all things and bring everything to your remembrance. So you can go out and sow the seed. In my righteousness. You don't stand in your own righteousness, you stand in his righteousness. He's living his life through you. So there's no problem with the seed either, which is the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says in the King James Version, For the word of God is quick, another version says living, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is powerful. One scripture quoted under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, directed by the Holy Spirit to give to a person, is more powerful than an hour of preaching. It's the Word of God. The seed of the Word is being spread daily all around the world through every kind of media, media ministry. Events in churches and stadiums, one-on-one, -on -one, in coffee houses, at the workplace, in the home. All over the world, there are people sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ right now. And really, what we are supposed to be doing when we come in here for an hour and a half on Sunday or a little more or less, is to prepare ourselves for what we're going to do for God for the next six days. Do you believe that? That's what it's about. God never intended church to be a bless me club. Peter said that people are being born again by hearing the, and believing the word of God. 1 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 30, 23, 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. There is no problem with the seed. We just need to sow plentifully. Use every opportunity to share Jesus. Some seed will bear fruit. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So when the sower went out and he sowed the seed, there's only one quarter of the seed that really produced. Three quarters of the seed didn't produce any real fruit. And so if you take that analogy, not everybody that you share your faith with is going to say, how can I receive Jesus into my life? Not everyone that prays the sinner's prayer is going to carry on with Jesus. Something to think about, isn't it? We need to be constantly looking for opportunities and ways and means to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that the more you spread it, the more seed you sow, the more, the larger the harvest you're going to have. The soil. In this parable, there's, there's no problem with the sower, and there's no problem with the seed, so the problem has to be with the soil. The human heart. Amen? Amen? There are four kinds of soil in the parable. The footpath, the hardens of heart, the stony ground, a little topsoil mixed with rocks, very little depth, can't take the heat. I mean, you can have rock or you can, you can put, you know, probably six inches or so of, of, uh, of good earth on top of a slab of cement. You get some good hot days, you know, and, the, and the, the plants or whatever you put there will grow. But after a while, when the hot sun begins to pound down on that, it's going to wither up and dry because there's no depth to it. Then the thorns and the thistles and the weeds represent worldliness. The world, the cares, the riches, the worldly pleasures choke out the word. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him for he cares for you. That's how to take care of the cares of life. The worries over finances. The worries over the diagnosis that the doctor has given you, the worries over your children, if they will ever come to their senses. I know what some of you guys are going through. We've had teenagers. We've had little ones. We know the cares of life. 
2 Timothy 6.17, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. God is not against you having plenty. God wants you to prosper. But no matter how much he puts on your plate, no matter how much he brings into your storehouse, he wants you to give him credit for that. He wants you to honor him and bless him and acknowledge that he has given you the power to get riches, to get wealth. That's what the Bible says. But he wants you also to trust in him. Never to say, I have so much now that I can retire with plenty. Without thinking about what you can do with what God has given you for the kingdom of God. I admire some people who, when they are finished with their secular work, will pay their own way all over the world with what God has given them so that they can share the gospel in some way. Mechanics go in and help people who can't afford to do stuff on their own. Farmers go and help people to grow crops. Business people go and help people to start their own businesses and improving the life of many and at the same time sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't trust in uncertain riches. Fertile soil is good ground, represents the heart that is ready to receive the seed of God's word and reproduce. And then we come to the fourth thing, and that is hearing. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. There are four responses to this preaching of the word or the sowing of the seed. And it has to do with hearing. Max Licato says, our ears, unlike eyes, do not have lids. They are intended to remain open. And then he asked the question, how long has it been since you had your hearing checked? Your spiritual hearing. How long has it been? When God sows seed your way, what is the result? Remember, faith comes by hearing. When asked by his disciples why he was speaking to the crowds in parables, Jesus refers to Isaiah chapter 6, which speaks of people who have eyes and ears, yet who have 
hardened their hearts and chosen to ignore the word of the Lord. A similar phrase is found in Revelation in which the seven, each of the seven churches in their letters. Jesus says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the church. Having ears to hear. It's one thing to be able to hear with your understanding. Hear with your, with, your, with your natural ears. But to let it get down into your heart, into your spirit. You see, it's not your body that was born again. Do you understand that? Not your body. Your spirit man, your spirit woman. And that's how we contact with God. That's how we connect with God. We use our five senses, of course. We use our tongue to pray. We use our hands and our mouth to worship. We use our eyes to read his word and all of these things. It's all connected. But it's your spirit. And if you don't get it down into your spirit, you're in trouble. A similar phrase is found in Revelation in which the seven letters to the, the letters to the seven churches, anyone, Revelations 2 7, anyone with ears. To hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying. We are to pay close attention to what's written in the Word of God. It is spirit breathe. It's God-inspired truth. In explaining the parable to his disciples, Jesus points out four attitudes in the hearing, hearing the gospel. The four types of soil... Found in the, is found in the same field. It's all in the same field where he sowed the seed. And each type represents people who hear the gospel message. All four groups heard the same message. Amen? They all heard with their physical ears. Only one group received the message. One group heard the message in their spirit. They received it into their spirit. Only one group produced a harvest. They received the word and they passed it on. They spread the seed. The real message is be careful how you hear. Our God is a good God. He's a good father. The word of God is good seed. And God wants us to sow that seed wherever we go. So we need to read it. We need to hear it preached. We need to believe it. And we need to pass it on. 
The Bible does not just contain the words of God. The Bible is the word of God. You've got to get that down into your heart too. Because if you say the, word, the Bible contains the words of God, you're going to pick and choose. Human nature is such that you will pick and choose. And what is holy and what is ordained and what is inspired to one person will not be to another. So in conclusion today, if you have been influenced by erroneous teaching that has hardened your heart to the truth, open your Bible and read it for yourself. Stop listening to other people. God ordained preaching in, and, and he ordained that people would be saved through the foolishness of preaching. And what he was saying is, the world looks at preaching as foolishness. The world despises the word of God, despises the Bible. You've got to decide, and I've got to decide where I stand. If God's word is truth, and it is, I'm going to stand for truth and for righteousness. And so it doesn't matter if a person takes their collar and turns it backwards or whatever. You can put on a gown, you can put on a robe, you can call yourself an evangelist or a prophet or a teacher, or a pastor. But any time we go outside the guidelines of God's word, we're preaching lies. And so, Jesus, when he was on earth, the Bible says he didn't put any confidence in man because he knew what man was. He said, I do what I hear and see the Father do. And so if Jesus operated that way, why shouldn't you and I operate that way? How are you going to know if I'm preaching a lie or preaching the truth unless you know what the Word of God says? And if you're just going by what somebody else said, you could have heard preached somewhere That the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. That God don't heal today. You may have heard that it's useless to pray. Whatever will be, will be. But what do the Bible say? So open your Bible Read it. Don't take very long to read it right through. Some of you can read three or four novels in a, in a month. Big ones, too. 
So you could read the Bible through three or four times in a year from cover to cover. Genesis to Revelations. Revelation rather than Revelations. It's not Revelations, it's Revelation. But anyway, that's my counsel to you. Read the Bible for yourself. And then you'll know when somebody's preaching the truth or not. Because if you go by what somebody else said, you can say, well, what I heard that guy say today is totally wrong because my pastor said this. Well, one of the pastors is wrong. Either Hayward is wrong or your other pastor is wrong. So check it out for yourself. The Bible is right. Fast and pray, and I guarantee you, God will give you revelation. You say, I can't understand the Bible. I read a little bit, and I just, I don't remember what I read. Fast and pray. Get serious with God and say, Lord, this is your word to me. I want to understand it. Hosea 10.12 Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness on you. Now I'm no farmer. I'm a fisherman. But the expression break up your fallow ground means do not sow your seed among thorns and thistles. Don't sow your seed in hard, baked ground. Break off all your evil habits and clear your heart of weeds in order that you may be able to be prepared for the seed of righteousness. I understand that Land is usually allowed to lie fallow, that it might become more fruitful. Some people tell me that today, instead of doing that, a lot of farmers now, they, they rotate, rotate their crops. They put a different crop in and it has the same effect. But when Jesus was giving this parable, this is the way they did it. Land was allowed to lie fallow that it might become more fruitful. And when in this condition, it soon became overgrown with thorns and weeds. So before sowing any seed in it, they would break it up. They would cultivate it. The cultivator of the soil was careful to break up the ground, make it pliable so that the rains could soak into it, that the seed could go deep and produce a good harvest. So the prophet is saying, break off your evil ways, repent of your sins, cease to do evil, and the good seed of the word will have room to grow and bear fruit in your heart. We can make Words like this, the words of us old song that we used to sing. 
Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. There is nobody that can go very long without a move of God in their spirit without getting dry, dry in their spirit. And there's no movement, there's no emotion there. It's very much like a couple that is growing apart. At first, they were so in love and Embracing each other every time they meet, every time their eyes would meet. They would embrace and kiss and hold each other, and tell each other how much they loved them. And then, unless that is not renewed after a while, it stops slowly. The embracing is less and less and less. The conversation is less and less. And finally, you're just two people under the same roof. And all of the spark and all of the romance of what was once something beautiful is gone. And that's exactly what happens in your spiritual experience. You need a renewal. You need a refreshing. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. In other words, go break me, melt me, mold me, shape me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. We are the ones, part of a great army of people. In churches here in Coal Lake, in the Lakeland area, and all throughout Alberta and Canada and the United States and every other country under the sun, Scattering seed for the kingdom. And if there are thorns that are springing up in your life, choking out the good word of God, then get back, break up that fallow ground, and let the Holy Spirit drench your soul once more. Because that's how you ensure that the soil of your heart is ready to receive what God has for you and what he wants to share with others through you. As our worship team leads us, let's be open to the Holy Spirit today. If there's something you need to do, if you need to do business with God, 
If you find that the enemy has robbed you of your faith, if you find that the cares of life has crowded in upon you to such an extent that it's killing you spiritually, you can do something about it today. You can allow the Holy Spirit to flood your soul once more. The Father is waiting with open arms and saying, Son, daughter, I want to have an intimate relationship with you. I want you to know how much I love you and how much I care. I can see that the path you're on is leading to destruction. It's leading, it's going to cause you great pain if you don't turn around, if you don't change your ways. There's many a good man and woman that are saying one of these days, I'm going to make a change. The fact of the matter is you don't know what your time span is. The word of God says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The Holy Spirit knew you were going to be here today. And if he's speaking to you, would you obey? Would you say, yes, Lord, you got my number today. I hear. And it's not just with my ears. I'm hearing with my spirit. And I'm going to answer, yes, Lord. If you want someone to agree with you in prayer, come up. Stand here. We'll pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you today for this, this time that we can have together. I pray, Lord, that you will have reached the hearts of every person. Help us to realize, Lord, the awesome opportunity we have and the privilege we have to be a part of the family of God and to be given a commission to share our faith with others. And help us to know how much you love us and how much you care. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this word today. And everybody says, Amen. Lord bless you guys. If you want prayer, come. We'll pray. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. 
thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.